वेलकम टू वॉइस फॉर लोकल और मैं हूँ मोनिशा सिंह कटियाल टुडे वी टेक यू टू कोलकाता एंड इंट्रोड्यूस टू यू अ ब्रांड दैट बिलीव्स इन सस्टेनेबिलिटी एंड मेक्स फॉर सम एक्सक्विजिट बैग्स वी आर इन कॉन्वर्सेशन विद समृद बर्मन एंड द ब्रांड इज बर्लैप पीपल Thank you, Samrith, for choosing to be a part of Voices for Local. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. You know, you studied business management in the U.S. You came back to work in your family business, a business that is the largest jute producers for three decades. Jute bag producers. What were some of the things that you imbibed and learned in college in the U.S. which you wanted to incorporate in the family business, but because of old traditional values, you felt there was a certain resistance to it. I mean, there were quite a few things, you know, because it's so different, like the whole culture. And I wasn't sure what I was going to learn in college in the states, and I really didn't have any intentions of coming back and joining my family business. Of course, that was always an option from my parents' side, for my dad especially. I guess he always dreamed that someday I might come and join him, but I had no such intention. I actually went to college to play tennis, and right. uh, the plan was to become a professional tennis player. and it only dawned on me towards you know the end of my tennis career in college that i wasn't at that level to become a professional tennis player and so coming back to the family business was you know the next best option so i never prepared myself to come back so you know i never was looking for things to learn and pick up that i could incorporate back home but what i knew for a fact was that my family has been in this business for so right. long and you know they work with a material which is natural it's green it's biodegradable and the whole business model is very sustainable it's very traditional you know the whole process it's still you know very labor intensive uh, there are a lot of artisans involved so i knew these things and my college played a big role in instilling certain ideas and perspectives on life it was big on community building i was big on sustainability it was big on the arts it's a small liberal arts college you know so i got to study a lot of different subjects right so a lot of different experiences and uh, i guess you know all those experiences somehow it stays in your subconscious and it automatically came to a point where i thought okay you know i can take all this back and put it in my family business which is already kind of doing these things right. maybe the products need like an aesthetic upgrade but all that came gradually you know once i came back i realized okay i can put these things into practice over here but it was very very difficult to uh put in anything new because like you said it's a very traditional business most of the people working there were maybe one or two generations older than me so coming in as a youngster fresh out of college from a different country it was difficult to get people to you know even like listen to ideas let alone like accept it so it was difficult and that's what led me to sort of start the bola people on my own where i could use what i learned in college and use the resources that my family had generated but uh, do it in sort of my own way so tell me something you use jute uh, tell my listeners something about jute as a material when you say it's sustainable tell me some of the benefits of using jute for my listeners and what kind of products does your brand the burla people make out of it sure so i'm assuming a lot of people already know what jute is but i'll give you a little background so jute it's a vegetable fiber it comes from the jute plant which grows naturally along the entire ganges delta in bengal and parts of bangladesh it's one of the oldest vegetable fibers to be used throughout history you know alongside cotton and hemp 
but compared to cotton and hemp it doesn't require too much human import right it grows naturally and that's what makes it super sustainable so you don't need you know to pump in like extra water or irrigate the land it's very weather resilient and it's uh, completely the entire plant is usable so parts of it is used to make fiber and then fabric it's edible so it's a super sustainable plant so we take that raw fiber actually we don't the mills do they take the fiber from the farmers right they convert it into yarn and then make fabric out of it what we do is take the fabric we process it we dye it we wash it and then we incorporate it into different products and the products we make is primarily bags but uh, since it's fabric it can be used to make various other products which we also slowly have started experimenting with you know making apparel making home furnishings home decor pretty much anything that you can do with fabric right so you've mentioned that uh, like you none of your partners are designers your designs actually come with conversations with your consumer base with your carigers your craftsmen what is the process like and how do you align uh, that with your business and the slow fashion movement in general first of all it's a lot of fun because we are always doing something new because we don't have any or we've never had any very set designs or you know very set design aesthetics the only principle we really follow is we take inspiration from nature so we use you know a lot of very earthy aesthetics that's the only one principle that we use and we try to make sure that we don't incorporate any kind of synthetic materials into our designs and keep it gender neutral although you know some bags of ours are more feminine than masculine but most of the designs are gender neutral we do have some design that we've created ourselves but it's mostly been uh, designs that we would like to use ourselves so if we are traveling or we have a function or an event we've created something for that purpose and it's become a part of the collection but most of the designs are sort of amalgamations or i have evolved because you know some customers come and said okay we want it to be slightly bigger different pocket different color or i want it for this purpose and uh, yeah it sort of has really been a collaborative process of growing together as a community yes exactly and you know it actually gives a great sense of community and what it also does is it gets people very involved in the creative process so it makes them more connected to you know the end product absolutely it makes it more personal and they feel involved in the process so it becomes like a more joyous process to say hey listen i'm part of creating such a fantastic product exactly and so they're more conscious then about how they use it how they look after it because it's a part of their personality becomes a part of themselves and you know so they take much better care of it and i think that's so great you know especially in in a time where you know you have people just consuming things without being conscious about where it comes from where it goes a process like this really gets them involved and you know really creates a bond between them and the product so tell me what else do you do to build a team and a relationship with your craftsmen with your carigers what are some of the things you do for community building in that front and what is the relationship like working with them uh, it so far has been amazing uh you know with most of them of course we've had like i mean at the end of the day we all human and we've had our problems with certain individuals and they've had problems with us but for most parts it's been beautiful because we've always had a very small team right and when you have a small team you get to know one another much better yes our entire studio and our workshop is all in the same place pretty much a one big hall so everybody kind of sits together 
sees each other all the time. We have all our meals together. So, you know, like it's one big team and there's no hierarchy as such. Most of the artisans have been here longer than the design team or the logistics team. So in a sense, they are more senior. So it's, it's, like, it's a family, like a family correct. setting. Correct. It's like a family bonding setup where you have your ups and downs, but in the end, it's a family. So they all come back together. Exactly. And, you know, we keep giving our artisans feedback on products they make. If someone really likes it, maybe we'll record a, take a voice recording or we'll take a video and share it with them. It's hugely motivating. It absolutely is. And in a way, then they feel connected as well to the person like they made it for. Please share with them that I'm an absolute love with those lovely straps that you've created for the bags. Absolutely. But those straps actually have come down from Himachal, okay. from the Gaddi people who are sort of like nomads. They make these sort of shawls and fabrics and we are buying those fabrics and sort of cutting the panels and converting it into these belts. So it's sort of like a collaboration. But I like the way it's the utility of the bag with, you know, you can keep changing the straps and making it more useful and, you know, wear it in different kinds and different styles. Right. And it's just another example of how, you know, a, a designer has evolved yes. over time. You know, someone wanted like a different belt and uh, now it's sort of become like a new collection. I also like the idea that how you've collaborated with a different set of people, mm -hmm. right from, you know, your Karigars, you've decided to step out of the zone and get into Himachal to collaborate with people. Because I do feel that it's a world of collaborations and the more that one collaborates, the better the products turn out to be. It benefits the larger community in general. Absolutely. And it's the best way to build a community. Yes. We've been fortunate in India, especially. We have such a rich cultural heritage, you know, with the arts and crafts and people who've been doing such beautiful things. Unfortunately, a lot of it has been lost and we are losing out on, you know, a lot of crafts. Yes. Because, uh, of course, the newer generation doesn't want to take up certain, like, you We know, hear this all the time. You know, Samra, this is one common thing we hear across all our interviews that right. the karigars and the craftsmen, their kids don't want to take on this as a profession right. because they're not seeing enough value in it. Exactly. And it's one is the financial aspect, but also, you know, like glory comes from doing this craft, you know, because... The respectability. Exactly. And, uh, you know, especially now when everybody's exposed to what other people are doing and you kind of get drawn into this world where you want to do something where you are more famous and better recognized and there's better gratification. So it's difficult to convince someone to do something like this. It's manual labor, like you're working morning to night with your hands. So it's a lot of work. It requires a lot of focus and concentration. And it's not something you can just, you know, learn overnight. It's practice yes. and practice and practice. It's all the years of experience. You know, that's the reason why the karigars and the craftsmen pass down their skills for generations. Absolutely. But I think it's also got to do a lot with our own personal mindset as consumers, where we ourselves are choosing to give precedence to machine-made goods than to buy a handmade product because it's a pricing issue. Right. We feel that the delivery is quicker, the logistics are better, pricing is better. Right, right. So I think it's also as a consumer, we need to be aware that when we are buying a handmade good, we're actually supporting a family. We're actually encouraging that art form. And I think that's very important for us also to understand. It's also the responsibility of people like us to make sure that we communicate that message. Yes. to, you know, the end consumer and tell them about the process and, you know, the kind of work that's been going in. So they respect 
the product a lot more. So tell me something, you know, there are many brands that use buzzwords like sustainability, organic, natural. You've gone on record to say that you're truly uh, somebody who adheres to these principles. Tell me, how do you manage to convince the consumers about all this? We are quite transparent with our processes, so it doesn't require too much convincing. You know, people can see we are always sharing videos or images of how these things are being made. And if you take one of our products and you sort of dismantle it, you'll see like there's no use of anything which is synthetic. And we don't say that we are, you know, 100% sustainable. It's something that we are constantly working towards because we also are learning along the way. Certain things that you thought were okay for the environment or were sustainable might not be. For example, when we started off, we were using this washed sort of jute, which we were getting it from a third party and we didn't know exactly where or who was actually working on it. We went on one day to like find out it was being made like uh, in this dilapidated sort of condition and there was no treatment for the dyes that after they were being used and it was going into the local like water bodies. So it was a rude awakening for us. It made us realize that we have to really go deep and find out, you know, how every step of the way, like even our sourcing, you know, our supply chain, how that is and who's making these things. So it's 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 a learning learning curve. I think, I mean, I think every day as we do, things change around us, new products and your ways of making things sustainable also come about. Exactly. And, uh, you know, you have to be conscious of the fact that you don't know everything and you have to keep trying to improve you know, Samrit, tell me something. It's a competitive world out there. There are many brands like yours who are competing all the time on Instagram, pumping in enough money on marketing. How do you as a brand manage to stay afloat, break the clutter, stand out in competition? What are some of the key things that you've done along the way, some learnings that you would like to share? Honestly, first of all, it is very, very, very hard and it's only become harder over the years. When we started off, we didn't have to think about the kind of engagement we were creating or the kind of people who were like following us, uh, the likes we were getting. We never cared about those things. We were just putting out honest content, you know, daily from the workshop. We take a picture, put it up. And whoever followed us saw these things, they could engage. But now it's changed. Right. It doesn't matter what you put up. Most of the people who follow us can't even see our content. Even me, like I follow my own page. I can't see my content half the time because it's hidden under... A million other things, uh, paid posts. Sponsored posts, paid marketing. Exactly. And it gets lost and it's become very difficult to just to just be visible. Brands tell us that, you know, more than creating the product, it's about investing in the whole marketing aspect of it, which is such a tough game to play. Right. It's very difficult because, you know, it has this law of diminishing returns. The more money you pump in, the less the visibility is over time. So you have to pump in more money and it's just this vicious cycle. And I think most brands like ours are like trapped into it because there's no other right. option. Unfortunately, we've you know built a presence on very few platforms and we are so reliant on these right. platforms. And don't get me wrong, they've been I'm great. Sure, like, yeah. you know, they've given us an opportunity to create this business, but it's become very difficult to compete now that we have bigger companies yes. coming in with you know much deeper pockets. It's become very difficult for a company like ours and we're completely self-funded. We don't work with investors or loans. So whatever we make is what we're putting back in the business and we don't have huge marketing budgets. So it's been a big challenge. But what has really, really helped us is that we've kept the content honest and it's very natural. We don't do fancy shoots or fancy 
content. It's mostly from our workshop or from our own personal travels. Plus, we've really paid attention to building a community. We spend a lot of time communicating with people on Instagram, on Facebook, on WhatsApp, on calls. And uh, for the most part, either me or my partner Karuna or our partner Rewant was doing it ourselves. We were like talking to every single customer. Also, if it was not a customer, it was a prospective customer, but we were spending so much time communicating, explaining what we do, you know, sometimes two weeks before someone actually buys a bag. So you can imagine how many hours yes. uh, go in and, you know, you're spending like from 10 in the morning to 10 at night, you're talking to people sometimes on a Sunday, sometimes Saturday night, whenever people want to reach out and communicate. I was very pleasantly surprised. I bought some piece of jewelry and the founder called me and said, listen, I'm sorry, I'm calling you. Can I get a picture of this piece? Because it's the last one left. And I said, really, you're calling me directly? She said, yes, but I also want to know from you, how has the purchase been? What was it? And I was very pleasantly surprised that, you know, she had called and she had taken direct feedback rather than relying on somebody in the middle doing it. The result that I'm buying all the time from her, I've, you know, uh, heavily promoted her. And more than that, a friendship developed, you know. Uh, and I think that is the true meaning of a community. I mean, I couldn't put it better. That's exactly what's worked for us. We've built such strong connections with people. And that's why they've been so supportive, like, through this journey. So now also we launch something and, you know, the chances that people might not see it. We can actually call them and be like, hey, we've we've done this and... We'd like you to have take a look and 99% of the time people are happy to do it or if we need some kind of exposure, we need kind of help, we need people to post about something, people happily do it because we built that sort of relationship with them. And yeah, that's been absolutely wonderful. So tell me one of the milestones that you've hit that you're very proud of and one milestone that you're looking forward to achieving in the near future. We've had a lot of small wins, you know, over the years. One major win was just staying afloat through the pandemic. We didn't let go of anyone. We managed to pay everybody, everything that was uh, due to them, the full salaries. That's something that we're really proud of because it was a really difficult time for us. I can imagine because we know so many stories of people, you know, um, not being able to sustain. Like you said, you yourself are a young brand. Right. You yourself are self-funded. So I'm sure it must not have been easy. It really wasn't. And, you know, especially our products, a lot of it is for travel and people weren't really moving around. And, you know, it's not a cheap product. It's not something that you can buy impulsively. Like you have to think about it because you're spending, you know, five, six thousand rupees. So it was very, very difficult for us. But... Same, you know, because we have a, such a strong community, a lot of people came out to support us and we managed to keep hold of all our Kariger's, our entire team, and we survived that difficult period. Uh, so, you know, that's been a major, major achievement for us. We are sort of now super inspired to take things forward because it's kind of like starting from scratch. But at the same time, we've had have like a solid base and foundation. So it only seems like things will get better from here on. And recently, we made our first trip overseas for a trade show. And Lovely. now one of our goals is to sort of be more relevant outside India and sort of build a community like we've done or managed in India, do that overseas as well. Right. And uh, we've got some fantastic response from whoever's seen our products overseas. And now we have a few partner stores in the States, in Canada. We're looking to get a partner store in Germany soon and hopefully then other parts of Europe and down in Australia as well. 
I think that's fantastic. I mean, if an Indian brand goes international, we feel the happiest. Right. <laughs> On that note, tell me another homegrown brand that you would like to nominate for Voices for Local. I think you've covered one of our favorite bands, which is uh, Beej. Yes, Arundhati. Arundhati, she's amazing and they're doing some amazing work. Absolutely. Right. I mean, there's so many. I don't know if I can take just one name, but one brand that you know is really close to us and they sort of like our sister concern is a Sienna Cafe and store in Kolkata. Okay. They work uh, with uh, ceramics, mm-hmm. which are made in Shanti Niketan and they do a lot of block printed and organic clothing. Uh, they have a cafe where they're sort of just changing the entire like, you know, food culture in Kolkata. They're taking traditional sort of ingredients and presenting it in a very contemporary form and mixing cuisines from all over the world and presenting them in a sort of new way. So they're doing some fantastic work. Lovely. Sounds very interesting. We would love to know their story. But on that note, thank you so much, Samrit. It's really been a pleasure. And I really hope the Burla People becomes an international brand. We'll be the proudest. Thank you so much, Anisha. This has been great. Thank you for choosing to be a part of this show, Samrit, and wishing you all the best. To all my listeners, write in to me with your suggestions, names of brands that you would like to see get featured, and connect with me on my Instagram at Monisha Singhatyal. And please do follow at Voices for Local on Instagram to know more about your favorite local brands. Until next time, check out the Burlap People online. Happy shopping!